Welcome to the podcast of the universe. Warning. Steve is on his bullshit again. Let's start the show. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. You can find this show on Twitter and Instagram at this is Potu, as in this is podcast of the universe. I am your host, Steve, and my producer, sound engineer, his name is Hats. Thank you for coming in today, Hats. I appreciate it. It's always nice to see you. Uh, you know, last Saturday, I put up my own show. I know I know you didn't listen to it. Uh, but I just wanted to let you know, even though I recorded and did that show on my own, um, I still need you for now. So a couple of housekeeping items I'd like to get out of the way. Uh, the first one is today's episode will deal with adult subject matter. And we'll be talking about kinks and fetishes that you can find on YouTube. The second item uh, I wanted to get out of the way uh, is because we're talking about fetishes and kinks, the goal isn't to shame anyone who might be into this or other similar or completely different things. Uh, I don't think anyone should feel bad about what they're into um, as long as it's legal and consenting. So the goal isn't to ridicule but simply share with people something that's a little more uncommon off the beaten path that you may not have been aware of. And the third item is I'm recording this in my new office slash podcast studio. So starting in February, I'll be working from home and I wanted a comfortable place uh, because I'm working from home. Um, I'm not going to have the disconnection of leaving the office and, you know, putting that behind me. So I wanted to make somewhere uh, in the house that I could be very comfortable at, make it my own, and not dread being in the house. So I took a lot of my adult collectibles, definitely not toys or action figures, they are adult collectibles. I took those, a bunch of my books, uh, some paintings, uh, some prints that I have framed, and I set up a little a little lair uh, in a spare room we have down here in the basement. The other room is the craft room. And it's quite a bit bigger. In the craft room, I was recording on a laptop that I put on my drafting table. Uh, I had a stool in there that was creaky. Um, and although it was fine for, for painting and, and crafts, it wasn't the best spot to uh, record a podcast. So like the Dice Man would say, I'm over here now. Before we get into the sexy, sexy stuff today, I thought we would talk about um, an update to... So my last episode was a mini-sode, which I really enjoyed doing. It was fun. Uh, not too much fun, though, hats. Uh, but that was a uh, mini-episode I did last weekend, and that was on the case of John Allen Chow, who had uh, went to the North Sentinel Islands to uh, minister and spread the love of Jesus to uh, people who um, are completely isolated and have no knowledge of the outside world. Uh, they killed him, and uh, he's buried now on the island. So if you want to learn more about that story, uh, you can go back and check out the last episode. But there was an update this week that the Indian government said that they are, they are done trying to retrieve his body. So it looks like this will be the final resting place of John Chow. So that was an update uh, on that case. And another news item I thought I thought we could get to before we before we start the show. It happened in a Walmart. 
So Buckeye, Arizona, a man is recovering after police say he accidentally shot himself in the groin Tuesday. It would be Tuesday the 26th. So after he accidentally shot himself in the groin on Tuesday inside a Walmart in the suburb of Phoenix. The Arizona Republic newspaper reports a semi-automatic handgun that the man had tucked into his sweatpant waistband began to slip and the weapon discharged when the man tried to reposition it. Police found him in the meat section of the Walmart with survivable injuries. The man was not identified, and the police say no one else was injured. I did read that he will likely uh, uh, be facing charges of the unlawful uh, discharging of a firearm. So the man's the man's alive. So there's two two um, positive things this man has going for him. He is alive and he has not been identified. So that's that's helpful. Uh, I think another positive side is that um, maybe he can't procreate anymore. Uh, I I'm assuming Arizona has uh, concealed carry permits, and that's fine. But the man had a loose gun with a safety off in sweatpants, in sweatpants, just tucked in the waistband. So I don't feel bad about not feeling bad that he shot himself in the dick or whatever else in the groin. So he lives. Maybe he can't have kids and pass on his stupid genes. But I can't feel bad that someone had a, a loaded gun with the safety off in his sweatpants. So, and it just, I don't know. Could you write it better? It happened in a Walmart in the meat section. I don't think you can write write anything better than that. With that out of the way, I think we can dim the lights, turn on the smooth jazz, and talk about girls getting stuck in cars. In 2002, a website titled carstuckgirls.com was launched by a 25-year-old German man. His name is Sven Goebbels. And he gave an interview with Mel's Magazine, and I have some excerpts from that that I'd like to read. Now, I wasn't a, I wasn't there in 2002, right away, when it dropped, but probably about 2005 is when I became aware of it. Um, the 2000s were a wild west on the internet where you could watch people cut their dicks off or light their hands on fire and do all kinds of stuff. It was a weird, weird, gross time. I assume it still is, I just don't seek those things out anymore. I think that, I think that I'm good on that. I remember in my in my twenties, I would just say, "I wonder what uh, fucked up, gross stuff I can find," and I actively go seek it out. And now I'm just like, "Nah, I'm good." So maybe maybe I'm maturing. Who knows? So this is uh, some of the uh, interview from Mel's Magazine with Goebbels, the the creator of the site. We started Carstock Girls in Germany in 2002. I had been an online car forum with about 30 other people, and some of the guys were talking about how they like it when girls get stuck while driving their cars. A couple mentioned how nice it would be to watch videos with these kinds of scenes, and the forum lamented that nobody had any access to them. At the time, I had just gotten a video camera for my 25th birthday. I didn't have much knowledge about filming, but, but I thought, my girlfriend has a nice car, let's try this. I asked her to drive her Audi in the mud while I filmed it for 10 minutes. I had no intention to sell the video, but I was really amused by the idea of sharing it. I edited together a 20-second preview clip from that shoot and put it on the internet. This was before YouTube. Half an hour after posting it, someone from the U.S. sent me money on PayPal. He gave me 100 bucks in hopes of seeing the full video. 
I didn't have a website and I hadn't even offered it for sale. But the guy knew my email address and just sent me the money. About 30 minutes later, another American sent me $50. I thought, okay, this is interesting. Two people have sent me money for something I've never offered to sell. By 2003, I began making DVDs on the computer. I also put a few thousand dollars into getting more video equipment. The problem was getting new models. Some of the models I reached out to were open to new photography, but when I asked them if they would drive into the forest and get stuck in the mud with me, they thought it was too weird. It was a real problem. And at that point, I was just aiming to make back the money I'd spent on the equipment. Our videos weren't cheap, but we were the only people making this kind of content at the time. There were a few other websites dedicated to pedal pumping and cars that wouldn't start, but none, of, uh, but none existed that were specifically about women whose cars had been stuck. We only had a handful of customers, but they were very loyal. It was at that time Goebbels broke through and landed deals with the largest sports channel in Germany, a few channels in the Netherlands, and Playboy TV in the UK. With all the success, Goebbels was able to relocate to Las Vegas, which provided better weather for videos uh, because the uh, winters in Germany were too long. Uh, Goebbels says that he can't be sure the percentage of clients who use the video strictly as pornography. His clients are also car enthusiasts, collectors, and mechanics, and some just enjoy watching a brand of car they don't like getting stuck. Some have even pointed out certain uh, things in the videos, such as uh, someone was starting a, a car and the person watching the video realized that it wasn't the original starter. So Goebbels reached out to the person who owned the, the bug in question, and the owner said, yeah, that's, uh, that's a different starter. I had to replace it. Other clients enjoy watching close-ups of the feet on the pedals, and some enjoy the fantasy of showing up and rescuing these damsels in distress. But as far as the content of the videos, uh, none of it is lewd in nature. Goebbels says there had been a dip in customers, but he still maintains a loyal customer base who were with him before the videos were even officially for sale. Uh, Carstockgirls.com isn't the only game in town anymore. Uh, similar videos can be found on pay sites uh, and even YouTube, Daily Motion. And I pulled some comments from some videos I found. There was one video where someone said, I wish they showed their feet. Someone else said, I would lick every grain of sand off of her beautiful toes while she was pressing the pedal and spinning the wheels. Someone said, if I was there, I would have helped you get your car out in return for a head job. Now, I don't know what part of the world calls them head jobs, but I think I understand what he's saying. Someone else said, Hello, I have many full-length car cranking and car stuck clips, and I would like to trade with someone. If anyone, is inter if anyone is interested, please send me a private message. Thanks. I then found a forum where women were talking about um, cars, getting, cars getting stuck. One woman said, my boyfriend has asked me to get stuck on purpose for him. I have reluctantly agreed. I was just wondering if any girls here have any stuck experiences <clears throat> that they could share with me. Someone replied, I've been getting my car stuck for my husband for years. It's a popular male fetish, believe it or not. Pedal pumping and car stuck is all over the internet with about 40 to 50 websites. It's the damsel in distress thing. Girl gets stuck, struggles with her spinning wheels. Guy spots her in trouble. Guy rescues girl. Another woman said, most girls hate getting stuck, but I don't. I grew up on a farm getting stuck in the mud was a way of life. 
Now I'm older. I've gotten over all of the fears of skidding out of control or being seen. I love driving anyway. I like the feeling of my foot on the gas, making my wheels spin. Another person offered, just make sure you do it in a place where there won't be any prying eyes and make sure he has got some recovery items in the boot. The boot, I guess, is the trunk. So I think that's an England thing. So make sure he has recovery items in the boot, like a couple boards, a rug or two to put under your tires, and a jack to lift the car if you get really bogged. Someone else said, it is completely harmless. He's not making you do anything depraved or illegal, so keep an open mind. Have some fun. This next one, uh, there's a few things to unpack, but I didn't get sidetracked. My cousin got her father's old truck stuck in the sand. She called me, and I drove to help her, but she didn't need it at all. After four to five minutes' struggle, she unstucked the poor truck. I learned later that she had a foot fetish for cars, and she just drove the truck barefoot on the beach. When she told me about it, I told her that I have the same fetish too. And I really enjoyed this next one. Someone said, I guess I'm a bit outdated. What's this car stuck? I can't access car stuck here at my office because it's blocked. So that means that they have restricted internet access and they've decided that carstuck.com is, uh, is a site that needs to be blocked. And the last forum comment is this. Yesterday, I got stuck for my friend. I know that somehow he likes it. He's not my boyfriend, but I've noticed that one way or another, he likes it. I did not tell him that I will do it, so he thinks it happened accidentally, and not on purpose. I enjoyed the situation, and he had to go out to push. So those were the comments that I found on the forum, and now I would like to share with you an interview from Mel's Magazine as well, uh, just excerpts from the interview. Uh, the person's name is George. He's 50 years old from Illinois, and he was into pedal pushing. The question, when did you first realize that seeing a woman's foot on a car pedal turned you on? George said, when I was a kid, I remember my mom driving barefoot sometimes. When I was in the back seat, I would lean in to get a better view of her feet. The question, what about it turned you on? He said, there's something about how the foot operates the vehicle with all that control and motion. It's always triggered something in me. Other car-specific scenarios also really turned me on. They asked, like what? George said, I like the idea of a woman's car not starting. There was a scene in The Fog with Jamie Lee Curtis who was very popular when the movie came out in 1980, where she was out on an island in an old pickup truck that was stuck in the sand. I remember getting excited about that. And that doesn't happen much today with new cars, but in older cars like the pickup in the movie, the carburetor wouldn't always start right away. Drivers would have to push on them. It's so odd, but just seeing or thinking about this scenario would make me feel completely nuts. I also wondered if I was completely nuts. And then they, he was asked, when did those thoughts start that you might not be normal? George said, when I got into high school and people became more sexual, guys would be like, look at the boobs on that girl. I would think, I'd rather see her drive a car, or I'd rather take her out on a road and have her drive her car until it got stuck. He was asked if he had ever told any of his friends or girlfriends. Never. I just thought about it a lot. I couldn't help how much I liked it. Then one night on the 4th of July, my friends and I parked and walked over to a friend's party. All of a sudden, a car drove by and it got stuck in the mud. A girl was driving the car and the whole scene was breathtaking. A wave of excitement came over me. I didn't even get to see her foot on the pedal, but it was just still so exciting to me. I remember stopping for a moment and wondering what kind of excuse I would make to try to stay there. But I couldn't think of anything. 
so I just continued to walk with my friends. Even 32 years later, I got excited whenever I think about the memory. He was asked if he was open about his pedal-pushing fetish now. George said, I don't volunteer it, but I don't necessarily hide it either. If you were to look through my likes on Facebook, it's in there. I have at least a dozen, maybe two dozen likes that are related to it. I also have friends on Facebook with stuff about the fetish in their names. So if somebody were to put two and two together, they could determine what I like. He was asked what type of names he was talking about. George said, I'm friends with women named Stacy Stuck and Mary Cranks. I don't know if they're using their real names, but I don't care. Now, uh, I don't think that's the real name. And here's why. That's the stuff they're interested in. Mary likes to crank her car, so Mary Cranks likes to crank her car, and Stacy likes to get stuck and post pictures of her adventures. That's either the most amazing coincidence or they're definitely using aliases. He was asked if he told partners about his fetish. George said, yes, I'm very open with the women I'm sleeping with. Go, George. I feel like, I'm having I feel like you have to share this with people if you're going to be a partner with them. I've never had anyone tell me I'm completely whacked. I told my ex-wife about it. She would push the pedal for me, but she wasn't into it. I had to prod her to do it. Then she started talking to a guy on the internet about it, and for whatever reason, he explained it to her better than, ever, better than I ever could. That helped our relationship sexually. He was asked if he had ever been with a woman who also likes to get stuck. He said that he dated a girl in the summer of 1988, who later found him on Facebook a few years ago. He says, we reconnected on January 31st, 2011. That's when I discovered she's legitimately into getting stuck too. She'd become really into four-wheeling, we message about it, and send each other videos. I'm not as into the big truck aspect as she is, but people who go off-roading usually get a thrill out of getting stuck, even if it's not sexual. He was asked if he had ever been stuck with a woman. I know, I've been stuck with a woman. Hey, oh, I'm sorry, I will continue. Have you ever been stuck with a woman? I was 24 and dating a girl who had lived at her parents' house. I took her back there and we were making out in the driveway during a thunderstorm. She knew what I liked and she paused for a moment, pulled back and looked up at me sexually before asking, do you want to go get stuck? That night we went to a spot where we knew we could really get stuck safely, but like I said, it was raining and very late. I was driving a 1983 Oldsmobile that would have been perfect for the situation. Ultimately though, we chickened out. This was before there were cell phones and we got nervous about not being able to get help if we couldn't get out. Her surprising me like that, however, was unforgettable. And George is then asked about driverless cars, and does he worry that scenarios might become obsolete? George said, I keep seeing articles about driverless cars, and I think, I'm no fan. It certainly wouldn't be fun for me. I've noticed, however, that a lot of people in their 20s are into pedal pushing. I find that funny because they don't even... They didn't even grow up in a time when cars were hard to start, nor have they seen many women installed cars pressing against the pedals in real life just online. But I totally understand why they can't help it. It's why I laugh when people say they need to take Viagra. I'm always like, just bring me a woman and a gas pedal. You know, that wouldn't be a bad title for the episode today. So, next topic, stomach punching, a.k.a. Gastrogastrizophilia. I'm just going to call it stomach punching. So stomach punching, it's not, it's not exactly straightforward. So some stomach punching, it could be man and man, man punching woman, woman punching man, woman punching woman. Uh, some videos, uh, they talk about drinking lots of water, um, forcing someone to drink a lot of water, 
so their belly is swollen uh, before the punching begins. There are a lot of stomach punching videos you can find, even on YouTube. And I grabbed uh, descriptions of two videos that I will read to you. The first video is called Dream Lover. Dream Lover is about two women, one named Lily, one named Controversy. Lily is asleep in bed when Controversy sneaks in and punches Lily in the stomach. Controversy begins to beat Lily with punch after punch, just nonstop. Once Lily is too tired to fight back, Controversy ties Lily down, and Controversy kisses Lily's stomach and pokes her belly button before some more strong belly shots. She then pulls off Lily's shirt and uses it as a blindfold so Lily can't see what's coming. Controversy teases Lily, then hammers away at Lily's belly. Lily begs for mercy, and Controversy says it's just the beginning before knocking her out. The other video is called The Beating of Kimberly 3, The Aftermath. This is a very short description. Kimberly's friend Daphne comes to check on her friend Kim, and she explains that she took the, the beating to see if she liked getting beaten up, and that she did, so the two of them punch each other for fun. That was The Beating of Kimberly 3, The Aftermath. And here are some comments from the belly-punching videos. More vomit, please. Someone said, I hate when the punch when the punchy has shoes on. But otherwise, cool video. So this person wants the person getting punched uh, to be punched barefoot. Someone said, please use those gloves on his wimpy face. Someone expressed that they would love to be punched by one or both of you. Anyone want to do something similar with me? I especially loved it when they showed up a close-up of her stomach as she was getting punched in the stomach. Another person wrote, Love the way she makes him get up when he's not recovered, then just lays into him again. I so want this. Another person counted on a video, This girl took a, a total of 24 punches to the stomach. There was one video where a circle of girls punched the stomach of uh, a girl in the middle of their circle. And uh, they seem to be bullying her. And someone wrote in the comments, how does she ever get back at those bimbos? Uh, someone said, why wasn't she in a tank top? That would have been so amazing. And the last comment from the punching videos, and I like this one. How come Hollywood actresses don't do belly punching like this? Are they stuck up or something? Love to see some more. So then I turned my attention to finding some more information about belly punching. There are websites dedicated dedicated to this, like bellypunishment.com, bellypain.com. And the best answer I could find for why uh, people are into this, and I'm not a scientist. I don't know if some of you might have been confused, but I'm not a scientist. But this one made sense. So... Why people are into this is the physical flow-on effect of belly punching is peptic reflux, which triggers the brain to release a sudden adrenaline rush to cope with the shock of temporarily depriving the brain of oxygen. The adrenaline rush can be experienced as sexual arousal for those with fetish complex for feeling subverted or abused. And that person had uh, learned this uh, by going to uh, couples therapy with her ex-boyfriend who loved being punched in the belly, and the therapist had explained that to them. 
So I don't really have anywhere else to go with belly punching. Um, there's lots of videos. Uh, there seems to be less written about it, and most of it is just videos. Uh, it's not um, just uh, people doing it. Uh, there's also seems to be a lot of anime videos celebrating body punching as well. So I think we can move on from from belly punching. The next topic is nose play. Uh, there's a few different words for this. Uh, the, so there's nose fetishism, nose partialism, or nasophilia. Uh, so it is a partialism uh, for the nose. And this may include the sexual attraction to a specific form of physical variation of appearance, such as the shape or the size or specific areas, for example, the bridge or the nostrils. The fetish may manifest itself in a desire for actual physical contact and interaction or specific fantasies such as the desire to penetrate the nostril. I'm not sure what that looks like or how it works, but I, I don't know how you would put a, put a penis in a nostril, unless they're talking about penetration of other things. But otherwise, I don't know how you're getting a dick in the nose. So other fantasies may include the desire to observe or experience a transformation of a nose with reference to an element of a fictional work such as Pinocchio, um, or ideas concerning the transformation of the nose into that of another creature, like a pig snout, uh, that would be uh, a means of sexual humiliating a uh, partner or an acquaintance. These fantasies may be assisted with the use of props, role-playing, uh, transformation fiction, or in the form of writing or artwork, or modified photographs of people. Uh, that's known as morphing. Uh, I'll toss out there that Sigmund Freud interpreted the nose as a substitute for the penis, and being sexually aroused by a very specific and exclusive body part I mentioned earlier is partialism. Uh, so it may additionally be, des be described as a fetish of sexual arousal is only possible when the particular body part is present, example if it's viewed or touched during the sexual behavior. One of the more unusual forms of uh, partialism is the nose fetishism. Um, nasophiles can be sexually aroused by the sight, touch, or the erotic sucking of a human nose. Some nasophiles claim they are sexually excited by placing their nose into the closed eyes of their sexual partner and may therefore have overlaps with oculophilia. Uh, in very extreme cases, it has been even claimed that some nasophiles are sexually aroused by the picking of noses. Uh, I have seen those videos. And uh, the nose, like genitalia, does have vascular uh, tissue, uh, erectile tissue, which has the capacity to become engorged during sexual uh, arousal. Now, something that I did stumble across in, in my research was uh, a woman uh, who has a YouTube channel, and I believe she is a furry, but she wasn't in her furry costume. Um, and she was talking about someone gave her a heads up that her picture had appeared on a uh, big nose appreciation website where she didn't know if she should be pleased that people enjoyed her big nose that she wasn't necessarily a fan of or if she should be creeped out. Um, she seemed to be mostly okay with it, but did state that she did not want a dick in her nose. But I thought that was funny um, that I came across that video. Uh, so the Big Nose Appreci Appreciation website uh, is devoted to women who do not conform to the stereotypical ideal of feminine beauty and whose beauty is enhanced by their larger or uniquely shaped noses. Uh, and as I learned, um, YouTube is a treasure trove. If you were into noses, YouTube would be your best friend. Um, and something I'm not entirely, uh, clear on, 
is uh, the attraction to nose flaring or nostril flaring, just like where you like make your nose, you just like stretch it out, let it retract, stretch it, let it go back. And there's videos of just people touching their noses, pushing their noses, flaring their nostrils, not saying anything, fully clothed. Uh, but it seems to be very popular, and we'll we'll touch on that in a moment. Um, so there was a, a study uh, in Italy where they looked at different fetishes using online fetish forum data. Uh, the results showed that body part fetishes were most common at 33%, followed by objects associated with the body, which was 33, thir I'm sorry, 30%. And feet and objects associated with feet were by far the most common fetish. And they reported that some of the sites featured references to nose fetishes, but this particular fetish accounted for less than 1% of all fetishes. As with many other fetishes and paraphilias, treatment for nasophilia is generally not sought by the individual unless it becomes problematic for the individual in some way or they feel compelled to address their condition. Is thought that the vast majority of nasophiles happily accept their fetish. So I watched uh, quite a few videos of um, people touching their own nose, touching their nose on another nose, and just really putting a camera in their nose. There was one of them, they were all like pretty, uh, pretty boring. Uh, the licking, I guess, wasn't up my alley. People just jamming their tongue in a nostril. That was, that was not for me. But there was a video where a woman was asleep and the person had their camera or their phone and they were just like zooming in on their nostril and it was just someone sleeping. And because the person was asleep and there was no sound or anything, they were just being quiet so they didn't wake up, uh, I found that creepy. But here are some comments. And this first one I love. I thought this was a, a great, great comment. So this was on a video of a just a... a regular looking woman just sitting in front of a camera not saying anything and just touching her nose pressing it pushing it to each side pushing it up pushing it down um, showing the inside of her nostrils and i would compliment her that uh, she i didn't see any nose hair i i hate trying to trim my nose hair i don't know she had the equivalent of a brazilian i think in her nose it looked like she waxed the inside of her nostrils so as i get older they start coming out and you have to pluck them and I'm just faced with my own mortality. But that's not what we're talking about today. So this first comment uh, was someone responding to that video. His name is Jake. I have a foot fetish. I'm just looking at other fetishes. Keep it weird, people. And then a heart emoji. I thought that was fun. Um, does <clears throat> some, Someone else said, Does anyone know her name? I saw her on a lot of good videos. So... This person recognizes this woman from other nose fetish videos. Someone said, I would eat her snot and her brother's nose if he has a nose shape like hers. Someone said, ooh, what a pretty little piggy. Someone said, love her nostrils. Looks so fleshy and wonderful to caress and worship. Then I saw a video and learned uh, just yesterday that people uh, are into uncovered sneezes. That's a fetish. And someone said, best video yet, more uncovered sneezes, please. And then I looked it up and that's a thing. Someone said, thanks for the sneezing and nose blowing. It was great. Please do another one soon. Cheers. N another video I found was called Lesbian Nose Fight, part three. I didn't know what I expected to see. 
But I wouldn't call it a fight. It was two women, presumably lesbians, and they put their noses on each other and just kind of rolled it around. And it went on for, I don't know, five minutes. I had to skip through it just to see if anything else was going to happen. Um, it was just like, a, I guess you would call an Eskimo kiss, a prolonged one. And here are some of those comments. Very sexy nose fight. Scratch your nose with your hands. Force your nose up. I like your noses. Next comment for this is still for the lesbian nose fight. Please rub black hairy big nostrils together for heavenly ple heavenly pleasure. Next comment. I like to rub my nostril hairs to woman's nostril hairs. Up to long time. Whole night. So those are some comments from the nose videos. So now that we've touched base on those three types of fetish slash kinks, I thought I would have a little message here I found on, on YouTube from ASAP Science, and I will include that here, and then I'll be right back after the clip. From feet and urine to bondage and other inanimate objects like leather, people have all sorts of interesting sexual desires and fetishes. But is being aroused by non-living objects or non-genital body parts normal? Within the brain, what you find sexy is a combination of cognitive, emotional, and physical processes. Of course, the private aspect of sexual behavior has made studying fetishes challenging. To get around this, one study used online Yahoo groups to estimate the relative frequency of atypical sexual preferences. Looking at five 5,000 online users, researchers discovered that the greatest number of fetishes were not just of body parts, but of objects associated with body parts like shoes or headphones. Popular groups included bodily fluids and body size, but the most popular group was by far the feet and toes. This is because there's actually a neurological basis for foot fetishes. If we investigate this visual map showing which areas and proportions of the brain are dedicated to processing sensory functions, we see that feet, toes, and genitals are all physically right beside each other in the brain. One study was able to highlight this link between sexual desires and brain regions with a man who experienced epileptic seizures as well as a fetish for safety pins. After getting a partial temporal lobectomy or removing part of his brain, both his seizures and sexual fixation on safety pins stopped. Sexual fantasies likely developed during early experiences as this is when there is more synapse formation and neurogenesis in your brain. Sexual imprinting is the process in which we and other animals learn the characteristics of desire mates at a young age, often influenced by those who raised us. One study found that adopted daughters end up choosing husbands with a significant resemblance of facial traits to their adoptive fathers. Women who report having a more supportive, emotional relationship with their fathers were also more likely to choose mates with similar features to their dads than those who had negative relationships with their fathers. But with fetishes, this sexual imprinting can be with objects as well. A study using two groups of sexually naive lab rats had one group wear a small Velcro jacket during their first sexual experience, while the other group, a control, wore nothing. When sexually mature, the control group displayed normal copulation behavior whether wearing the jacket or not, whereas the jacket group were unable to achieve sexual arousal without their jackets. This same study has been done with other objects and had similar results. This could explain why a person with a leather fetish may have difficulty getting off without leather. A separate study on rats had one group of male rat pups lie on bedding scented with lemon, and the other group lay on unscented beds. For their first sexual experience, they had the option of two sexually receptive females, one scented with lemon and one without. 
The control group mated with either female at a normal frequency, while the lemon-laying group preferred lemon-scented females. But these specific desires or preferences could be blocked by naloxone, which blocks endorphins or the feel-good neurotransmitters from binding to the opioid receptors in the brain, thus blocking the sexual reward that is attributed with the Velcro jacket or the smell of lemons. While we know a lot about rat fetishes, there isn't much research on rare sexual preference in humans, and in the past, they were often listed as mental disorders. But while your specific sexual desires and fetishes may be unique to you and your experience, modern science does show that having one in the first place is a normal part of being human. And if it isn't harming you or someone else, they can exist as part of a healthy sex life. I think that's a good clip to go out on. Uh, I like the part about the, the little jackets that they're putting on the rats. That was my favorite part of that story. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, I had a, a fun time putting this together. I wasn't sure what it would look like uh, or how sometimes when I pick an idea, it takes different directions. Like the, the Flatwood Monster one was was a bizarre one, uh, but I'm committed to a bit and I'll, I'll stick with it. So the next topic, I don't have a specific one, but uh, I'm leaning towards murder. So I will probably have a murder episode next time. And people seem to enjoy the murder episodes more. I always have more, more listens on those. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at thisispotu. So feel free to send me links or videos or feedback or suggest a topic. If you have anything you would like to plug, let me know. I'd be glad to plug it for you and uh, share that with the world. And I've noticed that some other podcasts will say, um, ask for volunteers to record certain uh, quotes or sound bites. And I think that's something I'd like to start doing too. Uh, so that's something that I will blatantly steal uh, the idea for. And uh, I know I did it with uh, Astonish uh, Astonishing Legends. Uh, I was on one of those episodes. It was before this podcast had started. And uh, it was uh, I just did it as the podcast of the universe for Masters of the Universe. But I got my name in there. Uh, so I was uh, I was excited for that. If you don't listen to Astonishing Legends, uh, you should check it out. It's pretty fun. It's much more polished than this show. Um, and, of course, I always recommend to anyone who's not aware of it, uh, last podcast on the left, uh, that's a fantastic show. Now, I'm rambling a little bit at this point, so let me just uh, end the show. Maybe go on YouTube, see if there's uh, things that you're into. Maybe you'll discover something about yourself. And uh, who knows? The internet's a wild, wild place. So be good, everybody. Until next time, be the change you want to see in the world.